You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. MWWire.com is the website I've been told which I know it is, Jeremy Moss here, Matt Kennerly, as I make an odd opening here. But, Matt, we are now done with our previews, every single team. This is now our – we call it the mega preview, Matt, but it's more along the lines of an hour-plus podcast talking about stuff um, since our very first preview was 12 weeks ago, 14 weeks ago. That's very true. A lot of things changed by then. There are there are quarterback challenges, um, competitions that have not been announced. There have been – some transfers, like one today, the Utah State lost a DB, but then it gained one as well. You got a lot of stuff going on. You got um, Rocky Long uh, being a grumpy old coach about saying we suck. <laughs> <laughs> and what this preview is going to be, we have some voicemails from a handful of our writers coming in to talk about their team because we're going to have fun this year, more fun, different fun. We may have a smack talk segment during certain types of uh, games, just kind of going back and forth because, Matt, they don't always want to hear just you and me, right? No, I don't think so. so. Unless you do, then 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 please tell us. Oh, definitely, we appreciate that. If you want something, <laughs> yeah, stroke our egos a little bit. Yeah, or hey, if you, how about this? Maybe we'll take um, messages. You can send us an MP3 somewhere, like through um, Google Drive link or something on DMs. I think they're open. Maybe if you want to, maybe we'll get some fan involvement as well. Just have, mix it up a little, have some fun. So exactly, we're we're gonna go through every team. There's like I said, there's news we missed, news camp development because. Honestly, as you know, our previews from before have kind of been, we've pre-recorded some before. We talked to generics of what we knew at the time. Once we got later, like the Boise State preview recently, got a bit more info in Nevada, stuff like that. But we're going to start with Air Force, and we're going to go through kind of the big news string during camp. Um, I assume you tell me, Matt, you're keeping your predictions exactly the same, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there's there been some developments, which, like you said, we'll talk about Ooh, briefly with each juicy. team, but I'm not <laughs> really seeing anything super dramatic that's going to make me sway one way or the other for any team. So I think, you know, if you saw it on Twitter, um, I put my spreadsheet out there and I retweeted it through the MWC Wire podcast. So if you're not following me at, at KF underscore FS, uh, you could go back and find it. But yeah, I'm not... I'm not really keen on changing anything just because there hasn't been anything really drastic or shocking uh, that really changes the overall picture in my mind. The only thing that changed for me a little bit, the Cole Fagan Air Force, but they, they always have running backs. So that's neither here nor there, but we'll get to the Air Force second. Utah State a little bit with me, the offensive line, but let's go to the Falcons right now. I am extremely bold on the Falcons. Is yes, that safe to say? Well, I mean, let's not forget, if you didn't listen to our Falcons podcast, I also have Air Force winning nine games. Yeah. So I think I'm feeling pretty optimistic about their chances to uh, definitely go come back and compete for a bowl game at a minimum. I feel like that should be their floor for this year. That should easily be their floor because here's the thing. Troy Calhoun, one of the most uh, – is he the most longest tenured coach in the league, I believe? He is, he's, back in uh, 2007. That's right. He's been here for a while. Again, if you don't know his pedigree, he's been in the NFL. He played at the academy. He's had really good years. In the conference, taking over for Fisher to bury years ago, as you mentioned, he's going to have the team ready to go. And they're always, a, even though they weren't 
great. Last year, two seasons, non-bull season, which is a rarity for this team. They bring a ton back. They're one of the t- few teams that have a quarterback um, competition. It's either going to be um, Don- Donald Hammond III, who, who's my preferred choice, and the other is Isaiah Sanders. That's still up in the air. So they keep it pretty secret. I think whoever is there is going to be fine. But that's still something we still don't know through they had their second scrimmage a couple days ago. Okay, so and you touched on it very briefly right there. But to me, there's one big thing that I believe is Brent Bergman of the Colorado Springs Gazette noted. Oh, just now. I just saw that too. Go. Well, was it just now? Because I saw it a couple days ago. Well, there's one now. 40, now. Because I want your opinion. Just real quick. One forty minutes ago saying scrimmage lineup indicates Air Force football remains undecided at quarterback, which is the case. Yeah. But maybe more generally, mm-hmm. I, I, I saw an article that suggested that Troy Calhoun wasn't going to release a 2D. Yes, I saw it on Twitter. Um, what I, are your thoughts on that? Here's the thing. Remember last year when we jokingly talked about them not naming a defensive coordinator, then it blew up like the next day? Uh-huh. Not necessarily because of us, but other people. Like We just happened to stumble across it as we're doing a preview. Hey, wait, there's not a defensive coordinator. Who is it? Look around. Type, 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 nothing. Um, I respond on Twitter. They don't have to. They probably here's the thing. He will. I I will say ninety percent certainty he will. That he may pull Utah State with Matt Wells, where he will release one depth chart and make it the same every week. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I mean, especially since they're opening up against uh, an opponent like Colgate, where you know even if they don't have you know a starting quarterback just yet, they could probably use that game as kind of an extended proving ground for both Hammond and Isaiah Sanders. As they should. Probably, yeah. But so they're they're going to. It's like it's like again. I can make the joke. It's not national secrets, but you never know what the Air Force has going on. But it's like coaches are so paranoid and so freaked out about everything. And I think it's like just give give name the quarterback. I, it's I get it because we'll get to Boise State and they may actually announce one potentially ten days out, which is depending on this comes out would be Wednesday, August twenty first. When that ten days is out, because they've always done whatever. We'll get to that in a minute, but. Mm. I think it should be Sanders because I think he's or not. You know, no, geez, excuse me, it's a slip there. Donald Hammond because when he's played, I felt he's been the better guy in charge of the offense. So that's why I think it should be. Well, and if you recall the Air Force podcast, I did note that when Hammond was under center, just on a per play basis, the offense was improved on on when Worthman and Sanders saw time as starters under center. So. I mean, it's not a knock if they do decide to go with Isaiah Sanders. I think that the offense would be fine with him if they go in that direction. Yeah. But I think the ceiling is just a little bit higher if they do decide to go with Hammond. That's what I think as well. And remember, the past couple of years, they haven't had a quarterback play every single game. They've been yeah. switching around due to a lot of injuries. So whoever it is, is going to be fine. Cole Fake and not being that running back is a big deal. He's, is, well, he's still not practicing. There was some little note back at spring. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be on the team this year because if he's not back by now, we would have heard about it if he was, and I just don't see him being around. But you know how the Falcons are, Matt. Like they, they run the ball. It doesn't matter. They're going to be fine. Whoever's back there toting the ball. They'll yeah. have three to five guys running the ball. Um, one here's the, here's the reason. Like We don't need to spend a million minutes on each team, but here's the reason I'm high on this team, extremely high as you are. Jordan Jackson, probably their best defender since well, a couple of years ago, Weston Stillhammer, maybe even better overall. Potentially, mm-hmm. just because he's a tackle machine, and they have guys like Anthony Davis and guys in secondary have been pretty good. He's one reason why I'm high in them. But also, this team has been building for a couple years. Like they are an extremely young team, 
And now these guys who typically Air Force, it's it's a senior team when they're really good, right? Like it's always upperclassmen. These guys now have juniors extremely deep who've been playing since they're true freshmen, which usually is not the case. They got the academy um, JV team, freshman team to play whomever around the country. But like mm-hmm. Ronald Cleveland, it's like, you know what I mean? These guys, Aaron Worthman, they've been playing years before. It's like, come on. And you have 10, last year, 10 sophomores played a ton, multiple starts. So it's like, yeah. These well, guys and, have and played another with thing that, yeah. another thing is that they've managed to stay healthy in fall camp so far yeah. too. Like, you know, we talked a little bit about guys like Lakota Wills uh, or Kyle Johnson who were nicked up last year at times and missed a handful of games. If those guys are on hundred percent, you know, you talk about that, that front seven, you talk about Jordan Jackson in particular, but mm-hmm. let's not forget, he's not the only guy up there who could make plays. Mm-hmm. So if they can be a little bit lucky in that regard, cause you know, Staying healthy is skill in some extent. Yeah. Yeah. That is most of what will help them reach that ceiling that I think you and I are both in agreement that they have a pretty good chance of reaching this year. Yeah. And just a couple of those names, like when I mentioned Ronald Cleveland, Aaron Worthman, clearly not, I know what I'm talking about. They're not guys on the team at the moment. They're just back mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Wes and Stillhammer played multiple years, two to three years, key player. Was it Stillhammer, first team all conference, like three straight years, something like that? Asher Clark, Tim Jefferson, Anthony Wright, all these guys came in and played early. Now they have the next set of guys who are doing that, and it's not just two or three. It's like eight to ten. Yeah. And so that's why – and the defense normally isn't the case where they're that great. But I'm going to stick with my 10-win prediction. I'll go out and be bold. Here's what we'll say, like a couple of things we mentioned. So my bold prediction, like we'll go bold. These may be crazy, maybe not. I think my bold prediction, they could win the conference. You think so, huh? That's got to be bold. Why not? See, now I'm starting to think that maybe my predictions aren't that bold. <laughs> well, we do have the game. I do have the game of, like, what are the odds they win the Commander-in-Chief trophy again? It seems like you're going to go 100%. Yeah, because my bold prediction was not only were they going to beat Navy and Army, which, again, if you listen to the Falcons podcast, you probably knew that already, mm-hmm. but they're going to beat them convincingly. I think that they're going to beat both teams by at least double digits. That's saying something because Army should be pretty good. We think they'll be good. I think Army's. I think Army's a little overrated. Though. They'll have a good record because their schedule is softer than something. Whatever. Insert cliched argument there. Softer than what? So they got Army. They got Michigan. I what we'd like ideally is for them to beat Michigan somehow, which I still I think Michigan's also vastly overrated. And yeah, they're they're fine. Number seven, whatever they're. They're good, but they're not. I don't think they're national title contender. If that's where I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they'll beat Michigan Army, but they play well. That'll help Air Force down the road. But I think they could be both. I agree. I think, think it's pretty not a safe bet, but Navy's not very good this year. It shouldn't be as good as we they typically are with uh, Kendi mm-hmm. Ma- Olu running the team over there, which I sort of said it right. But Air Force ten wins. That's where I'm going. Bold prediction. Conference champs. All right. If okay, one more thing. If they win the conference. Hmm, I should pull this. Well, hmm, that's even more bolder. Maybe I won't go that far because that is my bold prediction, so I'll stick with that. All right, Falcon fans, this is Sean O'Toole, and I'm here to talk about the 2019 Air Force football season. Coming off of back-to-back campaigns, which saw them fail to make bowl bids, that streak ends this year. You should fully expect this team to go bowling by season's end. To get there, they're going to have to tackle a very difficult schedule, and it's not insurmountable with the roster they have coming back. On the schedule this year, you have the typical Boise State's, Fresno makes an appearance, those are both going to be tough matchups, but 
focus on Utah State first. This is going to be a very difficult draw. I should tell you just how good Air Force is because this Aggie team is great in all three aspects of the game. Very, very difficult matchup. Should be a really good one to see how good Air Force is. Hawaii is another one that they play, and it's just not a strength-on-strength strength matchup for Air Force. The Hawaii offense stresses every inch of the field, particularly through the year. The Air Force secondary, consequently, didn't show as well as they would have liked last year, so this would be a great game to see just how much that secondary has improved. I think it's going to be a much improved back end of the defense, but this will be the game to really show you how much it's improved. Lastly, don't sleep on the pokes. A lot of people may not agree with this, but Wyoming is not one to sleep on. This team has beaten Air Force the last three seasons, and they're historically been a problematic game for them, so don't sleep on the pokes. At the end of the year, though, anything less than seven wins is a disappointing season for Air Force. With the roster that they have and the talent coming back, I expect them to win nine games, as I mentioned, compete for the division and the conference, and most importantly, they're going to sing second twice. They're going to bring the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy back to Colorado Springs, putting it on the mantle at the academy where it belongs and where it spent the most of its time since its inception. So that's the season in a nutshell. We're going to look for an exciting campaign and a winning campaign for sure. Thank you for tuning in to the Mountain West Wire. Boise State. What's your first thoughts on Boise State? Like kind of any updates? Even though we did the podcast like days ago, essentially nothing new has happened. So maybe go back and listen to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say so because it has not much time has passed. And I think the big question at this point is what are they going to do at quarterback? And if they do what I think they should do, which again, I would recommend going back and listening to the podcast, that kind of goes hand in hand with my bold prediction for the Broncos, which is that I think Hank Bachmeyer will break the conference's record for passing yards by a freshman. Yeah, I saw that. We're going to have those posts as well. We're doing a bunch of team, five questions, and a bold prediction. I haven't done mine quite yet for Boise. We have just the Colorado State one up, but we'll get those rolling up pretty quickly. One thing we should note, um, let me find out who did this. Um, shoot. It was uh, – oh, shoot, I forget who said it. But basically, anytime Boise State's had a starting quarterback, they've always had a press conference with that starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. whether it's a competition or not. And Brian Harson, believe it or not, whatever he says, he's still looking at it, which I still believe. To 21st of August is 10 days out. They're, my bull prediction, they're going to announce a starting quarterback before the season begins. Well, they should. Well, come on, quit downplaying my bold prediction. Most Look okay, at Air Force. Okay. They're what's, keep... your, what's your bold prediction? I'm, I mean, because I have a sheet up in front of me, and I'm not seeing a prediction. I haven't put them all in there yet. I had stuff to do. Um Okay. No, no, they're going to make the – is that not bold enough? They're going to announce the quarterback before game one. Is that too weak of a bold prediction? Is that not good enough? I mean, that's a little dicey. I'm not going to lie. <sighs> okay. If I'm going to go bold prediction, let's say hmm, – you already got the quarterback record with Hank Bachmeyer. I assume he, I assume with that he's going to be a freshman of the year in the conference? I would think so. Would he yeah. be a first and second – first or second team quarterback with those numbers? Ooh, that's that's a good question. Because wasn't um, Rippin first, for second team QB as our true freshman? Was he? I have to go back and look that up. We'll look it up. Um, my bull prediction. Shoot, can I say um, Brian Harson unblocks me on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> now that's bold. That's too far. That's like say Boise can win the national title. That's way too far. Um, okay, if you don't like my bull prediction, I will. I already predicted them to beat Florida State. If you listen to my last show, 
uh, or not my show, excuse me, sorry, Matt, our show. I don't know where I'm getting ahead of myself here. Here we go. I'll say this. Um, the starting running back will have 1,400 yards. That's impressive. It's pretty big, right? That is pretty bold. And to, to answer your previous inquiry, Brett Rippon was the first team quarterback in 2015. Boom. When he was also freshman of the year. See, there you go. Got it. All right. There so, um, again, just go listen to our Boise State show. Our win, I guess we should mention our win total here because nobody's listened to it. What's your win total for Boise? Uh, I have them at 10 and 2. I had them at 11 and 1. So, and also AP poll came out, not ranked. So, whatever. Get over it. Next team. Oh, actually, hold on. Wait, no, I need to pull this up. Can you talk about whatever you want for sake? Can I pull up Raj's voicemail here? <laughs> Way to put me on the spot. I apologize. Um, I'm so sorry. I just remember he sent it to me recently. That's all right. Um, well, shoot. Now I don't know. Here we go. Hold on. Let me get. Uh, here we go. I, I found it. I apologize. This is, this is really riveting podcasting. Hold on. Here we go. Let's open and play. And here we go. I got to make sure it records too. Here we go. Listen. Hey everyone, how's it going? Doing well. Um, this is the notorious RAJ <laughs> representing Boise State. I think in 2018, Boise State's going to go 9-3, and 10-2, or 11-1. Probably be in the AP rankings and get to NY6 run if they could get a quarterback. Oh, wait, you thought that's all I was going to say? No, Boise <laughs> State's going to be fine. I want to talk about Utah State. You know, Utah State, they have a lot of nerve getting Twist. both for winning the division, the Mountain Division, Boise State's division. And Utah State, I know you guys thought you had some type of record-setting year last year, 11-2, and finishing the top 25, and that's great. I'm proud of you guys. You lost to us, which is going to happen more often than not. And this year, it's going to all come crashing down. Seven wins, maybe eight wins if everything goes right. And, of course... Boise State is going to show up to your house the second to last week of the year and kick your butts up and down the streets of Logan. And But it's not all bad news. You know, my problem is with the Utah State football team. It's not with you, the listener. It's not you, the fan. It's not you, the, the reader. I have no problem with you guys. <laughs> so you. I have good news for you. First good news I have for you is each and every single Utah State fan is going to get... The same amount of votes for the Heisman Trophy as Jordan Love. There you go. That's good news part one. Good news part two is each and every Utah State fan is going to get the same amount of consideration for the Heisman Trophy from the Heisman Trophy committee as Jordan Love. So there you go. Not all bad news for you guys. Go Broncos. I'm out. (laughs) There we go, right? That was was impressive. We'll put these on. I'm going to make a little video for these as well. So that could be listened to later on. Because why not? All right, so that's uh, some go- good bull talk there from Raj. Check him out on Twitter, Raja Bleeds Blue. He did uh, predict Boise State, I think, a 10-win season in an earlier um, pick against FPI about a month ago. So mm-hmm. check that out. Next team, Colorado State. Oh, boy, Mike Bobo. That seat is smoking hot. So the Rams, anything new happen to Rams camp that you are considering that's important news? Not necessarily. I mean, I think that the most promising news, if you're a Rams fan, is that the defense does look improved, at least in fall camp. That's what they say. And that's something that we talked a little bit about in our our Rams preview, where it's, you know, they had a lot of young guys, especially on that side of the ball, that really had trials by fire last year. And, you know, wasn't pretty at times, but now all of those guys have experience. You know, talking about, you know, Rashad Ajayi on the defensive backfield or, or Devin Phillips up front, guys like that. So if they can come together, I mean, I think I mentioned it on a podcast. I'll just mention it again. You know, the defense will get better, but I think their ceiling is going to ultimately be defined by just how much. And I think that, you know, 
I talked a little bit about football about outsiders at times. So, ah, sorry, autoplay video nice stops. Continue. <laughs> no, that was that was good. I, was, I mean, I talked a little bit about football outsiders in the past and and their preseason projections by F plus, which is the combination of S and P plus and Brian Fremo's FEI metric. And it's kind of interesting looking at Colorado State in particular because, like, they're they give them like an eight percent chance to go five and seven, and they give them a thirty five percent chance to go three and nine. And so, like the the broad the broadest range of opportunities are between two and four wins. I think they can do better than that. It's just all going to depend on how well the defense comes together. Yeah, like you look at their scrimmage reports. Like, hey, they're doing great. It's like I'll believe it when I see it. And the win total, like we did, we put up the piece about the Rams. It's like, are maybe what are we missing? Because our Rams guys think they're going to be better than like they think a bowl, almost a bowl game is the floor. I predict them at. What three and nine, I believe it was. If I pull up my handy spreadsheet yeah, here, yeah, as did I. I had them at yeah. three and nine as well. Like I got the Western Illinois game at New Mexico and UNLV. Even the UNLV game is dicey for me, for them to win. And so I'm not. What are we missing that they're thinking? Is it just so oh, they're more closely they went to the school? They're more of a you know me more a fan of that school than say we are. But I, it's hard to see. Like my peak might be like five wins. Like I don't see where many more coming from. If the defense, here's my caveat, obviously, if the defense is as improved as they say, maybe they can beat San Diego State somehow at home or beat uh, Wyoming on the road because of that, or even Air Force possibly, or Colorado, which they can stop their receiver. There's hope there because I don't trust Steven Montez unless he just chucks it like Johnny Manziel to Mike Evans back in the day. That's the only way I could see them getting more wins. Plus the running game. We don't know who the running back is right now, and how's that going to pan out because it's kind of been a downward trajectory the past couple of years running the ball. So Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's the defense and the running game because Colin Hill can't do it all by himself. Yeah. No call Colin Hill and also um shoot um I forget his name every time. Receiver. Warren Jackson. Warren Jackson. Nico Nico Hall, E. J. Scott. You know who I like the Auburn transfer. He's gonna be a name you'll want to look out for once fall once uh, league play starts I'm, I'm hoping. I'm betting on that because I don't know why. He just because not because he's an Auburn guy, top six recruit at a high school receiver, but they've done a decent job in transfer receivers and they always turn out good receivers. Even the back I mean, even not the receiver one. Two and three have always been I, solid. So I will note though that your bold prediction does uh, hint at some optimism. Yeah, they'll beat Arkansas. They'll be win at Arkansas even. Yeah. Arkansas I don't expect them to be very good this year. They're the bottom of the SEC. They beat them last year, they have some confidence. And also, if you look at what I put in the CSU kind of roundtable thing we did, they got they got Ole Miss the week before, conference game, then San Jose State after. And so there's a chance there maybe, not that they should overlook the Rams because they lost to them last year, but league game, okay, we're playing CSU, then we got San Jose State next week, oh, we're cool, whatever, not to worry about it, but what they, they not, Arkansas is not good on offense. They do have um, head coaches, um, shoot, from... Chad Morris. Yeah, Chad Morris. He went to, I was thinking... SMU, Clemson. So maybe his offense gets turned around because we've seen what Chad Morris has done. He's helped what Clemson has done years before. But if the defense steps up a little bit, I don't really trust Arkansas to be that amazing. And so Arkansas is probably better, a little bit more talent overall, but they're a bottom feeder in the SEC and haven't been great for a while. But the, while the Rams do have playmakers on offense, if they can get going like Hill to Jackson or Hill to whoever out there, they'll be fine. And that game will at least be close, but that's my bull prediction. They will beat Arkansas on the road and be 2-0 versus SEC in past years. I think if they beat Arkansas on the road, that's the kind of win that should make a lot of people sit up and take notice. Oh, why not? Yeah, I don't care if they're not a great 
SEC team because, is because beat I think that, team. that Arkansas is likely to be improved as well a little bit. So but... if Colorado State can go and win an SEC country, Boom. which you know for any Mountain West team that doesn't happen very often, like that's a that's a that'll be one of the more noteworthy wins that I think any team could pull off in non-conference play in this conference this year. Yeah, I'd say it'd be up there. There's other games that might be more high profile, but for the competition expectations for the Rams, why not? And my bold prediction is a little more uh, a little more straightforward, or a little a little simpler. What do you got? I think they're going to have an All American on their team this year. Could it be somebody who kicks the ball? I think it's going to be Ryan Stonehouse. Did you see? Not to go off topic, I think that's a very good choice. You see the athletic they had Cooper Roth as an All American second team. I did not note that they had him. They had somebody else too. I'm trying to see. Oh, David Woodward as well. So not too bad. That's reasonable. But you think he could be an All-American punter? I think I think he can. It's a, hey, why not? Hey, get, I don't care what position you're All-American. That gets you credit everywhere, and you're amazing. And you know, let me rephrase that. Rather than I think he can, I think he will. Ooh, okay. Because it's a bold prediction. Will he be consensus All-American and go one step bolder? Sure, why not? <laughs> so I think consensus is what AP. It's like S. There's a couple, whatever. So uh, really quick, what are the odds Bobo's back in 2020? 60%? 60? Okay. Do we know his buyout offhand? Ah, oh, man. We talked about it on the Rams podcast. I'm So if you know that answer, rather, if you don't know that answer, I would go recommend going back to listen. I'm looking up right now. I think it's a... It's a few million dollars, I think. Because I remember Bob Davies, like 1.9, I looked it up before. I got it actually right here. So let's go to uh, Bob Davies. It's, or not Bob Davies. Sorry, Bobo. He is sitting, sitting at a cool $8 million. <laughs> As of April first, nineteen, so that probably drops this upcoming year to let's see, his annual salary is one point eight. So it's probably gonna be about six million. I'm gonna say twenty five percent chance he's fired because that's too much money for them. Yeah, I might be a little low. Do you want to amend yours at all? Are you fine? No, I'll stick with it for now. Because if it's on the field stuff, that you make sense, but it's also a money thing and when this teams and yeah, league conference. Regardless, it's don't better have... than fifty percent by some margin. Yeah, I think so as well. Oh. All right, so let's go on to what do we got? Your Fresno State Bulldogs next. Yes, sir. So did you hear the uh, not least shocking news ever about USC? I did. They are starting JT Daniels at quarterback. Wow, shock, right? <laughs> no. no, actually, not, not at all. I read something <laughs> last week like they got a four-way battle. I'm like for what quarterback? Didn't you mean cornerbacks? They got no. It, it's official. He, it, it's what, what, what? I don't know what Clay Helton's doing, but good for him, I guess trying to make some sort of competition, but he's there. It doesn't make a big difference to you for Fresno. They figure they're playing them. So with Fresno State, they get a couple of questions, like Jorge Rain, a new quarterback. They mm-hmm. did lose what Jordan Mims has gone for the year, which is not, you say it's not that big a deal for running back, correct? Well, uh, dot, dot, dot. I think it kind of is, but people, sh- the, people well, poo-pooed news me. that came out today Ooh, suggests that there may be some other lingering questions about the – about the situation at running back. Oh, I missed that one. Give, give me the news. I didn't see that. So Robert Kawada talked about it earlier today. I'm recording on uh, Tuesday, the 20th of August. Um, so obviously it was, as you mentioned, Jordan Mims is done for the year. So he's redshirting. But there is an outside chance that a pair of other running backs, Romello Harris and Peyton Dixon, may also be gone for at least a significant amount of time, if not the whole year. Uh-oh. 
it's significant enough that they moved Josh Hokett back from linebacker, oh. which they had they had intended to move him from running back to linebacker. He's back at running back now. So Rivers is at full strength. He should be good to go for week one and a full workload and everything like that. And they still have Savion Johnson, who was pretty strong in a small sample last year. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you know, they're bringing in Zion Eccles, who I believe was a transfer from Cal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He's also been injured. Try, the past they're week, trying so. to get. They're trying to get a waiver for Javon Bigelow, who just transferred home from Wyoming. Um, but there's there's some question as to actually how that's going to shake out because for as good as Running Rivers is, he's probably not going to be able to carry the same kind of workload that like an Alexander Madison did last year, for instance. I think that they want to try and manage that workload as best as they can, especially in in non conference play with uh, a pair of really tough opponents right off the bat. So it's kind of an open question as to how it's going to shake out. I would expect a lot from Johnson in particular just because he's played pretty well when he's had opportunities to play. I would have thought the same of Romella Harris. I thought he was going to be able to step up and take on a larger role and be just fine, even despite Mince's absence. But that's something to keep an eye on uh, as we get a little bit closer to week one. Definitely. And so does that change your prediction overall for the year with them? No. Oh. Because I think they have enough depth, but still, like, Hulk has played before running back, so that's clearly a good thing. Rivers, if he does anything close to what he did in the Vegas Bowl versus Arizona State, that's obviously positive as well. Um, I think the I think the other big news that, if you, if you haven't paid attention, uh, Natani Muti, who I, last we talked about the Bulldogs, I was under the assumption he was probably going to end up on the outside at left tackle. For right now, they're going to slot him at left guard. How big a deal is that then? Because well, because he's a he's a mean dude and he's going to do really well helping the Bulldogs run the football, uh, despite their their lingering issues with injury in the backfield. Um, so they're still trying to figure out who's going to end up at left tackle. They've got some options out there, whether it's Quero, uh, Curio Woodley or Dante Bull, but you know, there's. I'm not overly concerned about it because the interior of that line at least is probably going to be really nasty. You know, not only with Muti, but, you know, other guys that are still there like Cyrus Tuatel, uh, Matt Smith, I think is stepping up at center. They should be fine. Um, and that's the kind of thing that if it's like last year, like I mentioned in the Bulldogs podcast, they could probably switch it up at some point during the season anyway. Okay. All right. So what's your bold prediction? My bold prediction is they're going to win the conference again. Cool. And in, they're going to do it in Boise. Yeah, I was going to say, there's part two to that. Yeah. So that, I guess I guess you gave it away for his no Boise State title. Well, no, it's a bold prediction. That's not maybe be exactly your pick. That, that, that itself is not a bold prediction, I don't think. Because, yeah. you know, that was what the media had forecast. And that was what we had forecast as a staff. It's true. You know what my bold prediction is? What's that? Is it really bold if I say they beat USC and Minnesota? I think so. I say it's fairly bold. I My prediction actually is USC beating them because it's on the road. They're still a pretty good team. But beating Minnesota, I don't think it's shock. It's more of me saying they got to beat USC. Because I think they're going to be, them beating Minnesota, I give a high percentage of prob- probability of that going down. Well, and if you go back to S&P Plus for, for a minute, you know, they have, they give the Bulldogs a 33% chance to win at USC. They give them a 47% chance to win at Minnesota, or win at home, rather, Too low. against Minnesota. So you figure that's one in three and one and two. So together, that's like what one and six. Yeah, but I would say it's more like I'd give them one and four. Really, for me, I think. 
No, that sounds reasonable. I just don't think USC wasn't good last year, and why are they going to be that much better? So that's, it's yeah, still, that's it, it's, that makes a lot of sense, and that's fair. It's still fairly bold because USC has how many four- and five-star guys on their team, and they had guys who transferred and came back. And Graham Harrell, that OC there from North Texas that he's taken over, it's like, ooh, that should be pretty good, pretty fun stuff to watch. So great test week one for that defense. There you go. Um, let's see. Let's move on. Next team, are we going to Hawaii now, it looks like? Oh, let's do it. Ah, never mind. I already answered that. Hawaii. So the Warriors, week zero Warriors. That's Air- true. Air- we got that podcast coming out in a couple days now. Well, maybe not tomorrow. We'll see. It'll be soon. Shortly after this one, you're listening to both. So I made picks for – I'm still doing picks for CFN, where site used to be held out for a little bit, Cultural Ball News, Pete Futak. It's a 11-point line. I p- Well, no, I'm not going to get my pick now. Sorry, no. We're going to do week zero later, so – I like the Arizona game. That's all I'll say. Wink, wink. Nod, nod. So, okay. All right. What we'll say, Hawaii, health is an issue with Cole McDonald. With, um, you've heard me say it before, but whatever. His uh, nether regions was not healthy last year all the way, I'll say. If he's healthy, I love this team. Am I being too high in this team? Like, is it, like, for what I think they could do, is there, is my, am I overreacting too much? Or is it me just being, having the rainbow goggles with them, with the offense they, I think they could have? I mean, I think they're they're kind of in the same boat with a team like Air Force, mm-hmm. where you know I think a lot of their ceiling is going to be dictated by the defense. Definitely, and they are kind of working out of a deeper hole than the Falcons were. I think there's some overlap in the same kind of issues that they have, you know, which is you know especially defending the pass has been a problem for them in years past. So if they can solve that. You know, it's not going to take that much for them to be able to outscore opponents, especially if, as you mentioned, Cole McDonald can stay healthy and you know, maybe leading into the, the bigger news that came out, which we'll, we'll talk more about it when we get to the Week Zero preview. Mm-hmm. But they have their depth chart out, so we kind of know who is going to be you know, in the starting lineup, at least, and contributing. So you know, you got guys like Jared Smart in the starting lineup or Jason Matthews Charge, in addition to Cedric Bird and Jojo Ward. Um so, yeah, I think the the offense's potential is definitely high, but it's you know what's going to happen on defense that I think will really determine how the season shakes out for them. Yeah, and the running game as well, I'd say, because that's yeah. Well, you say it's a run and shoot offense, which it is. You still want to run the ball, whether it's quarterbacks, um, RPO stuff, or whatever. And some sort of running game has to be in there, even if they go four wide. Mm-hmm. Because that's what makes the offense interesting with the run and shoot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of pass, a lot of pass, but you also want to make sure you want to run the ball to keep teams off balance. We know Rolo is aggressive. He'll go for the fourth down quite a bit, those type of things. But I, my prediction hasn't changed all that much. Let me double-check here what I have. I have them sitting at 8-5, to five, mm-hmm. which, whatever. They got some tough teams. Like that stretch at Nevada, at Boise Air Force, that's pretty tough. They go to UNLV, which is always interesting. I have that as a loss as well. Um, but my bold prediction, because we need to not take a million hours on this, and I mentioned before I listened to the Boise show, I mentioned with Raj that possibility this could happen. My bold prediction to beat Boise on the blue turf. Now that that's pretty bold, I'm not gonna lie. Because hear me out. If that offense is what we think it could be, and it may not be what it was last year going six and one, but let's just say it's 90% of that, that's still really, 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 really good. And the defense is close to average overall. I don't think Boise's offense is going to be 
overly amazing throughout the whole year. It's going to be a defensive-led team for Boise City, which will make this matchup one of the most intriguing in the conference games overall. Contrast and style, mostly. And the strength on strength, and I guess I'll say week on week, I guess a little bit, even though I think Boise's offense will be fine. It's going to be more up to the Hawaii's defense, but that's my that's one of my... I would say it's possibly my boldest prediction. Yeah, I think so. What do you got? Uh, I think Cole McDonald's going to lead the country in touchdown passes. How many do you think that would be? Well, last year, I believe it was Dwayne Haskins at Ohio City who had 50. Was that passing or total? No, it was passing. So you're just saying just passing? Yes. Okay. That's, uh, whew, that's a lot. I, they do play 13 games. That's a little bit of a edge for him. I think game. I'd be very disappointed if he didn't at least crack 40 touchdown passes. Okay, last if, if if he's healthy, as you mentioned, that air, that offense can take them a long way. He had 36 last year, mm-hmm. played in 13 games. Actually, it's a tad less, I think, because he got pulled a little bit here and there, but he yeah. still played 13 13 games, 36 touchdowns. So it basically need to take him three, basically almost about three a game with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right, that'd be thirty nine, with including no without the bowl game. So if he goes three game plus a bowl game, that's forty plus. There you go. I dare I say he could get maybe forty five. I think it's within the realm of possibility. <laughs> we'll see. I just also Hawaii big news. They're on Facebook for all their home games on the mainland. Nice, that is big news for a couple reasons. It's well, first of all, it's back two years. Was it two years ago they had no streaming on the mainland because people using VPNs, or whatever. And that was tragic. I remember there's um, Periscope Heroes, which is very nice <laughs> to get games out there. Mm-hmm. There also last year it was on the Mountainous Network Stadium, but Chromecast support was not there. You had to screen your cast, your whatever. Like if you if you know what I'm talking about, you can go to cast your screen as is. It doesn't matter if they have Chromecast, Kindle Fire, Apple TV support or not. It's a look wonky now. If it's on Facebook. Cross my fingers, we're not going to disable casting support. But if it's, regardless, on Facebook, anybody can watch for free to mainland, which means we like Robert K. Kakula, even though some people don't, but he's a national treasure to watch his games, right? So that's what you want to see for Hawaii football. So you can watch him on late night. And it's the one game, too, where everybody on Twitter is at the same time watching the game and tweeting about stuff. Exactly. Anything? Are we gonna, what was your prediction for um, for them? Oh, I had Hawaii at six and seven, three and five in conference. I might be hedging a little bit. It's not the prediction that I'm most confident in. I will say this. I'll say this. I'll give it a, a counter prediction. You know, okay. you always have one team that doesn't. You say it's not very good, but they are good. Okay. I think it could be Hawaii. No, I could see that. Do you have Wyoming with a winning record, real quick? Uh, well, we can jump to them if you want. Well, I no. guess I do. We'll get to it later. No, I, I want a team with a losing record to go good big. I'm going to say Hawaii is that team for you. But I do have Hawaii with a, or excuse me, Wyoming with a winning record, yes. Also, real quick, what are the odds they win the West Division? I give maybe 18%. Okay. Maybe 20. I guess we'll see. We'll see. I'm just, just throwing it out there. All right, New Mexico. Oh, boy. Can I talk about the Lobos? Yes, we do. We do. Um, I guess the big news out of camp is um, they don't have a quarterback. Well, they, they yeah. Well, they have, no, no, they do have quarterbacks. <laughs> they have a quarterback, he just happens to be in California right now. Yeah. He, and, and it's not like there's not a good reason for it. Yeah, his grandfather is ill. He's been going back and forth uh, to, oh, geez, to, um, to, how do you say his name? 
Tuiote. <laughs> yeah, Tuiote. I was like, I was gonna say it backwards. He, him, and Sharon Jones are probably the front runners, but there's three to four guys who are making the case. There's they're one of the three teams I haven't named a quarterback yet: Boise State, uh, New Mexico, and um, who's the other one? Air Force. Yeah, what I mentioned. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I knew there's one more. So that's an issue with them, but they're moving toward the with Joe Daly there, the new OC from coming in from Liberty. They want to throw the ball more, which they've been trying to do. I don't know how well it'll work, but this team is the they're gonna be the sorry they're gonna be the worst in Mountains Conference. It's gonna be dicey, yeah. Even though I have San Jose State with with um, fewer wins, there my record's three and nine. Same. Uh, beating New Mexico State, Liberty, and the same Houston State, which I have two bold predictions here. Okay. One, they're gonna lose the same Houston State week one. That would be rough because they are. What are they? They're given forty to one odds to win the FCS title. They are tenth in the AFCA poll for FCS foes. They're traditionally really good, a really good FCS team. They've been to multiple conference or national title games. Also, remember Bob De- De- Best came from there to be their OC a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and so that's my bold prediction. Part two, they might go zero and twelve. That would not shock me if they go 0-12. Nah, that's rough. But would it shock you? So, okay, let me say this. Okay, if they win one, if their only win verse is versus Sam Houston State, would that shock you that much? You know what? It probably wouldn't. Okay. But, okay, so here's the thing. So going back <laughs> to the F-plus projections, right? Give it to me. They give New Mexico a 2% chance to go 1-11. Are you saying overall that that's a little low? 2%. Hold on. Sorry, I muted the site there. Did you say something? I never really did something. I didn't mean to. Um, yeah, I'd say it's low. I'd say, well, no, I'd say maybe 5%. Okay. Uh, 5%, 5%. Uh, what do you think? 5% or no? I mean, I don't think it's going to be the outright disaster that a lot of people seem to think it's going to be from the outside, but I don't think I'd, I, you know, we talk about Hawaii's path forward or, you know, Air Force's path forward. I don't really see that, at least for now, in New Mexico. So I'm not thinking that they're going to take a huge step backwards, but I don't really see them taking a step forward either. Hmm. Okay. Well, what's your bull prediction then? Uh, well, going back to the quarterback situation, I can definitely see a situation where that plays itself out all year long. Uh, so my prediction was that I think they're going to ultimately play three different quarterbacks or rather start three different quarterbacks throughout 2019. You're not going to go as far as long to say the quarterback is making a a return to Albuquerque. I mean, I always hope for that. Me too. For those who don't know, that's five quarterbacks. I don't see that happening. That's five quarterbacks. I don't think it's going to get that extreme. (laughs) Um, is Bob Davey going to be finally be fired? I'm going to reiterate my answer from the Lobos podcast. I'm going to say no. <laughs> it's because the the um, buyout's under a million dollars now next year. Yeah. I still don't know if they have the money or the stomach to do it. They better have the stomach to do it. I don't know. There are, not to get into it, but again, go back to the Daniel Libet podcast we did about a year ago. He was, remember, he or not even a year ago. I don't remember. Was he suspended this spring or last spring? I don't remember. Was it last year? I believe it was last Last year. spring. So, yeah, last year I did a podcast with him at MM Fishbowl, did a ton of great reporting on what is going on. 
just away from the football, if he's done half of what they say allegedly has been done, like covering up crimes, protecting players from getting in trouble with the police, um, accusing other people of doing wrongdoings, um, fighting with players, lying about broken hands to other players, he would be gone. Like, I say he's going to be fired in season. Okay. I'll make another bull prediction. I'll make a couple on Lobos. Sorry, okay. sorry to make not to make this be sorry. I, I want them to be good. They were fun to watch a couple years ago with what they're doing, the run option attack. They were going crazy and upsetting Boise State and code division champs. But uh let's do this really quick. We have our good buddy Roger who wants to talk about his Lobos here, so let's hear that as we wrap up the Mexico section. This is Roger Holian from Albuquerque covering the New Mexico Lobos. I think this year's team's going to be better than most people are predicting the Lobos. I think Bob Davies has done a great job as far as bringing two very solid defensive and offensive coordinators uh, to the table here for the Lobos, uh, Joe Daly being one of them. And we saw what Joe Daly did to the Lobos last year, scoring 52 points, like 500 yards total offense. Uh, he, I think the strength of the Lobos will be their offense. They've got eight starters returning. They've got a solid, very big offensive line. Teton Salties at tackle. Um, they've got a solid center, another big guy on the other side of the ball. I think this will be the strength of the Lobos. I do think that you will see more passing, getting it into the hands of Elijah Lilly. 14 yards after a catch is not too shabby. He's number one in the Mountain West. Um, the key for the Lobo offense will be finding that that guy that can get the sloppy yards between the tackles uh, gone or the big Jarrell Presley's, uh, they can take it to the house in one play. That's going to be interesting to watch. they got smaller running backs, quicker scat backs. Can they get the dirty yards between the tackles? Defensively would be a bigger challenge for the Lobos. The Lobos have uh, almost 17 junior college guys. Uh, can Jordan Peterson put together a, an aggressive 3-3-5 uh, a la uh, Rocky Long type aggressive, aggressive, aggression, excuse me, don't worry, I do it too sometimes. It's okay. Can Jordan Peterson <laughs> put together a an aggressive three three five defense that can uh, get all these guys to mesh together? Can they stop the pass and the run? That'll be the key for the Lobos. The passing has been the passing defense has been horrendous for the secondary the last few years. So I, but I do think the Lobos could finish uh, maybe uh, with twelve games, six and six. Uh, Seven Ooh. to five, I think it might be a stretch what? with their schedule. Oh but it will be interesting to see what happens this year. Bob Davies under a lot of pressure. That's no secret. Uh, can the Lobos win games this year? But I do think they'll be better in the last two years at three and eight. I'm glad. I think, we, I think Rogers is outbolded to both of us right there. He did. I like there's some positive in there because it's it's, it's hard to uh, find. Also, if you're wondering, he was the team chaplain for a long time. So he knows his Lobo football and players and coaches very well. There you go. So look for his stuff. He did. He talked to some coaches. Has some great pieces on Joe Daly. Chatted with him a couple weeks ago. Quarterback situation would build upon what I did over the weekend in our talk here. So I'm glad we got. I don't want to be all negative. But it's no fun just to say, "Oh, you're going to be bad." So we appreciate that, Roger. So check him out when he writes stuff for us. All right, now on to Nevada Wolfpack again. Wolf space pack. So two words. Just just saying. Not NC State Wolfpack. One word. So just get that. Just get that out there because you'll see it happen. When they play uh, their non-conference schedule, like Vanderbilt and, and Purdue and Oregon, or they don't play Vanderbilt, whatever they play Oregon, I know that. So also, also very important, maybe even more oh, important, Nevada. not UNR. <laughs> oh boy, do not do that. 
Um, really quick, did you see the UNLV helmets recently? The U, the UN. I did. <sighs> a little strange, but fine. Also, ne- Nevada, or not? It's Nevada, not Nevada, too. There's no H in there. Yeah, yeah, we're not in the Midwest. We we speak properly here. When they did that, um, did you ever watch Veep at all? Uh, yeah, of course. I'm making. I figured you did, but the, there's the near the end where they kept saying it incorrectly. I'm like, no, it's not right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. If you haven't watched Veep, go watch it because that's my recommendation. Always, probably, it's a great, awesome show. But back to the Wolfpack here. Um, they have a quarterback um, settled now, right? Carson Strong beat Malik Henry to take over the job during a fall camp. Um, people were saying Henry's going to leave. I don't think that's the case. He was injured and mispracticed recently. So that's why he wasn't playing. So people freaking out about transfer portal. Not the case. Yeah, I don't think it's a it's a situation where Henry lost the job as much as Carson Strong had the mm-hmm. good fortune to be healthy and and productive in fall camp. Yeah, he got be on the field, right? Yeah. Also, they might have the best player in the league in Toa Tua running the ball. They might. He is He's definitely in the conversation. He was a top ten guy in our uh, top fifty two. By the time you hear this, is our list going to be completed, Matt? Is number one going to be known? That depends on when it's uploaded. <laughs> so do you it want me? Maybe yes, and it maybe no. Question: Do you want me to take my time to upload this? <laughs> no, um, you can upload it whenever you want. I'm just giving a little hard joke there. Um, Wolfpack are a team with new quarterback, solid running back. They lose a couple guys in defense who are doing who are going to who just moved on who are a key part to this team. They're my. I still think they're going to a bowl game. I think they could surprise, but they got Purdue to open up the year. Go to Oregon, who did lose their freshman All Americans, going to miss that game, which is a big deal. They got a sneaky tough FCS team, Weber State. So pay attention to them, folks. But they're tough. As we mentioned, go back to the Nevada podcast and listen. But they're tough games around the road: Utah State, Wyoming, San Diego State, Fresno. They're going to be better, I think, than the end of season records going to indicate, in my opinion. I'm more optimistic about the Wolfpack. The two words will back. Yeah, oh, good. Because <laughs> because if you, if you don't recall, I have them at eight and four, six and two in conference. And I I mentioned it before, and I'll just mention it again. I think ultimately that game at Fresno State is going to decide who's going to win the division. You think so? Oh, that's right. You did mention that. Yeah, but you know, going back to the quarterback news for a minute, you know, I I know that we as a staff had had named Malik Henry our uh, newcomer of the year. But I don't necessarily think that Nevada is going to regret making the decision to go with Strong, just because, you know, and this was something that Chris Murray brought up in his mailbag earlier this week about, you know, it's not quite the same situation as it was in 2017 because somebody had asked how much of a how quick of a hook is Jay Norvell going to have if he struggles early on. But I think this year's Nevada team around Strong is going to be better than what Ganji was dealing with two years ago. And a lot of that has to do with the weapons outside, as well as the fact that, as you mentioned, they do have Tuatala in the backfield. They didn't have that kind of talent around him two years ago. And that kind of leads to my bold prediction. Of, I think that Carson Strong can put together the best season by a Nevada quarterback since Cody Vajardo in 2012. That's He was pretty good, wasn't he? He's in the CFL he was, right he now. He was pretty good. That, it, was, that was the year he ran. He threw for 3,000 yards and ran for 1,000 yards. Well, hmm. I'm not saying Carson Strong's going to run for a thousand yards. <laughs> you got the good running back there. What? There's no need for him to do that. But one thing I noted in in the article that I wrote when he when they announced him as the starting quarterback, which kind of surprised me. I, I may have forgotten to mention it when we did the Wolfpack podcast. But Nevada was only 97th in passing S and P Plus last year. 
So it's not like there's room for improvement despite the fact that they averaged over 30 points a game. And that is why I think that, you know, even if strong is a little bit uneven here and there, that the weapons around him are going to pick him up in the long run. And that's why I'm still feeling pretty optimistic about Nevada as a whole. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's fair. I have them what seven wins, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, <sighs> they're a team I'm not too sure of because here's the thing too. Remember the bowl game, all the young guys that stood out, stood out. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm kind of conflicted. Like who is it? Uh, ben Putman did pretty well last in the final game. He had a couple other guys. When we made our bowl team, we put a few Nevada guys on there. And so I think I, here's the thing. My, my like, kind of the little gamer plank we're sprinkling in, like what are the odds to win the conference or division title or conference? You're fairly confident they'll be in the mix for the conference championship, right? With the, you say oh, the yeah. Fresno Wolfpack game. I, they might, but here's the thing. I let, when I kind of go through my order in the West, the only, t- like every team has questions. So like, I think Fresno is probably a little bit better than Nevada. I know I'm higher than Hawaii than others, but they're in the same range. San Diego State should be fine, but end of last year scares me how good or not good they'll be. And so the West is going to be a, probably, it could be like a four-team race. Like the only teams I'm pretty sure not go, not going to win, UNLV and San Jose State. Mm-hmm. All the other four teams have a decent chance, or I could make the argument why they're going to win the conference title. I just think Nevada is a s- small step below. Well, and to that point, you know, going back to F plus for a moment, the most likely projection for Nevada this year by that measure is seven and five. They're given a thirty-six percent chance to go seven and five, but you know they're also given a five percent chance to go nine and three. And wait, what percentage of nine and three? Five five percent. Interesting. And they're given a, a, a just about a one in five chance, nineteen percent to go eight and four. So that's why I think that's definitely within the realm of possibility for them. Hmm. So what's your official record on them? Let people know. Eight and four, six and two in conference. Okay, just because you get those tough non-conference games. Yeah. Purdue and Oregon. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's a slight chance they can beat Purdue. Slight. Perhaps. Perhaps. All right. Well, who's next? What do we got? Uh, let's see. What else do we got? We got San Diego see. State. All right. Do we like the new offense at all? Because Rocket uh, Long does it. Everything I've read about the new offense leads me to kind of reaffirm my initial thoughts about the offense. Which was? Uh, it's going to be a slog. A good slog or a bad slog? That's what I tell people. Uh, people freaking out when I said it last year. Like that's. I mean, fun. Ryan Agnew completed less than 50% of his passes in their last scrimmage. Is the defense that good? <laughs> I still think the defense is going to be pretty good. I'll I don't, say that again. I also don't trust. Also, don't trust Agnew at all. Why would you? That's my point. Like people, are like oh, he's a new, not a new starting quarterback. What's this? What's this? I'm like, had he, he? They brought in guys every year to challenge him for the backup spot, and even the starting spot, they brought in JUCO guy. And that's yeah. That's why most of my bold predictions for teams tend to be like optimistic or like individually based. I think San Diego State for me is like the one bold prediction that I have that is more pessimistic. Hmm. Um, I think they're going to be this year's Wyoming. You think Which so? Is to say that I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to have a losing record. I do have them at six and six, uh, three and five in conference. But I think they're going to miss out on a bowl game. Aztecs are? That's, yes. Is that your bold prediction? That's my bold prediction. Ooh. You know how Aztec fans are testy with us, right? 
I do. There's a couple in particular that are, um, no matter what, um, they're diehard Aztec all the way. Mm-hmm. My bold prediction, who? I like Juan Washington. My Okay, here's my bold prediction. Juan Washington, or not, excuse me, not Juan Washington. He's like, he's really good. They have Tazino, who's really good, might be defensive player of the year. He's up there, even though people mm-hmm. were freaked out where he had him on our list, I guess, or even last year. I'm going to say this. Ryan Agnew will start fewer than nine games, not due to injury. He'll get pulled at some point during the year due to play. Is that not That's bold? Is that bold? That is bold, yeah. I just, again, people say, oh, he's good on his legs. Is like Maybe that's why he's in shotgun. But I think there'll be a t- he'll be benched for, I'm not, I don't want to give a certain, I said nine, that's kind of just tossing something out there. There'll be, maybe, here's what it might be. It might be a Hawaii situation last year. You know, Cordovo came in late in the year, kind of mm-hmm. spelled um, Cole McDonald. They kind of split time a little bit here and there. I, I think there could be a situation like that where he gets pulled because he's not playing well. He mean I don't think he'll lose the starting job overall, but I'll say, okay, let me rephrase this. He will there'll be at least one game he doesn't start due to play and he'll get pulled at some point mid game. Like he'll get pulled. All right. All right. So I might oh, I should give up my record possibly, right? Possibly. And I think I'll have a San Diego State voicemail looking to eight to four. Jeez, for all that bad talk, they're probably have them pretty good. It'll, it'll be the defense. Obviously. Well, yeah, the defense, we know it's going to be good. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a good it's a good team. It's a good unit. It's great things. Oh, I also forgot to play an Air Force clip. We'll get that to you later. But here's our clip from Irwin. Let's see what he has to say, because I have not listened to this, so it's bold just to play it straight at straight cold. But here we go from Irwin, one of our many Aztec writers. What do we got here? Once I open up VLC player, blah, 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 no editing. We're gonna Hi, go. I'm Irwin Mendoza, and I write on San Diego State Sports for the Mountain West Wire. Hi, Irwin. Uh, considering <laughs> the 2019 season for San Diego State, they are looking for a sustainable offense and continuing their strong defensive efforts. Uh, I'm predicting an 8-4 season with a ticket punch to the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, the Aztecs' best win will be home against Utah State, and their worst loss will be home against BYU. And that's my prediction for the Mountain West Wire football preview podcast. You think that's, that's in line, right? A New Mexico Bowl berth? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like I said, I'm just less optimistic overall, I think. I I, I don't think that, that that if they're in the UNM Bowl, that means they're probably the second best team, second or third. Yeah, I mean, and you know, because as much as I want to be optimistic about every team, you know, going back to the, you know, when when somebody else, when somebody wins, somebody else has to lose, you know. Exactly. And so, and there are other teams that I am optimistic about, like San Jose State. Exactly. What? Which is, you know, I'll just throw my bold prediction out there. Do I don't think they're going to finish last in the division this year. So who's last then? If it's not uh, Rebels? UNLV. Oh, yikes. My bold, I can't use my same bold prediction on them as I did for New Mexico. <laughs> they're going to go winless because that's mean. I'll say this. Um, you brought me around to uh, Josh Love. When I make my quarterback rankings, he might be a top half quarterback in the conference. No, I can definitely see that. Because he's, whatever you think about that PFF list recently, he was about 60 in that range. I think with guys coming back, like, um, isn't, was it the receiver, Billy Gaither, who didn't play much last year? Mm-hmm. If he's fully healthy, plays a full year, they could um, make games interesting. Because, again, if you go back, not that you go back and watch or find it, but I remember watching this, this San Diego State game last year. Their offensive defensive line outplayed the Aztecs for basically the first half, just a little bit more in the first half, and nearly pulled off a pretty big upset. So you mm. can see the potential there with some guys they have, but overall they're still 
not there. And I still wonder if that Mike McIntyre years and David Fells and all that gave false sense confidence of how good this team program could really be. The way the schedule plays out, like they got Northern Colorado, they should win. I got the win versus New Mexico. Like maybe they can beat Army. I don't know. It's on the road, so it's a pretty far travel, and that offense is unique. They got tough games at Hawaii. They, UNLV on the road, not good away from home. So I guess it's my bold prediction that he'll be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And part of it could be, oh, they're down by a lot of points and they have to pass to come back. But I still think he's going to be like QBR, QB rating, or whatever you want to look at for passing efficiency. He'll be up there. And I guess that's the best I got for them. I don't know, <laughs> unfortunately. But I think they'll be in a lot closer well, here, games. A lot closer game, games, right? I, I do want to throw this out there by F, right? Just by their projections, they give San Jose a 31% chance to go 3 and 9. When you compare that to other teams in the conference, I'm just going to throw out some other teams out there and the percentage that they'll go 3 and 9. So Colorado State, we talked about already, they're given a 35% chance. New Mexico is given a 29% chance. Hawaii is given a 30% chance to go 3 and 9. Interesting. And UNLV is given a 35% chance. So they give them, they think it's more likely that the Rebels go 3 and 9 than San Jose State does. Hmm, that's odd. A little bit. And I mean, that's because they're given a 38% chance to go 2 and 10, but still. (laughs) 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 Progress, you know? Progress. Multiple wins. I mean, and it's, you know, I'll say the same thing that I said way back in the Spartans podcast when we kicked things off this summer. You know, they had moments last year. Yeah, like I said, the Aztec going game. to be able to, to turn those moments, turn those quarters into 60-minute efforts. Yeah, that's part of it, too. Like, more complete games than they have been. So maybe that's the next step. Like, it's like when um, UNLV a couple years ago were just getting blasted. Then they had close losses. That's like the next progression. Then next year in 2020 is when, okay, they should – you would think maybe be in that position for a bowl contention. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to Wyoming here because we need to keep this under 90 minutes easily, right? We can't do too yeah. long. So Wyoming, um, people like Sean Chambers uh, more than me, so cool. Um, Cowboys defense, Logan Wilson, another candidate for defensive player of the year, in my opinion. He's that good. Mm-hmm. They have a couple guys out there. So this team, like, I guess the big deal is the three injuries. Defensive line and the, what, two offensive linemen, is that correct? Uh, it's two offensive linemen, and then they just recently lost Ravante Holt for the season. So there's that. Um, I guess my big question, who's going to be running the ball, taking over for Nico Evans? We know who, but how good are they going to be? But again, Sean Chambers, the quarterback. Let's just go with your bold prediction because you um, seem to be a pretty optimistic. I think Sean Chambers is going to be one of the bigger X factors in the conference, but I am feeling mostly optimistic about him. I think as a quarterback, he's going to crack 250 yards of total offense per game. It's pretty good. I, well, that'll put him in the, that'll put him in the top five or six in the conference. I I just don't I'm not there on him yet. You know what I mean? Like I see what you're saying. I see other people saying they it's going to be a defensive led team. It's just last year they were so bad on quarterback play. So if that gets mm-hmm. a touch better, I guess my bold prediction is that I agree with Sean Chambers' hype. Okay, because I'm pretty down on him a little bit. I guess so I, I'm not down, but basically he we know he can run the ball. I want to see him pass the ball. Like his passing ability wasn't giving me much confidence last year. And then really quick, Wyoming, my record, what are they? No, I mean, that's a fair point. My record was seven and five. So it's not like I hate the Cowboys, folks. <laughs> right? I'm going Same to, going yeah, to a bowl game. Seven and five as well. It's just the, the tough games on the road. Aztecs, Broncos, Aggies, Falcons. So, all right, who's next? We have UNL, Utah State. 
My biggest concern, offensive line, is brand new, and my record is 10-2 and two I had for them in beating Boise State. Not a bull prediction, just a good old regular prediction. See, I'm less concerned about the offensive line than you just because relative to other things that other teams are dealing with in the conference, when you look at year-to-year continuity, and then Bill Connolly wrote something about this, I think, back in 2018, so you can return, you can look at his article about returning production, but year-to-year starts on the offensive line matter less than, for instance, the number of receiving yards you're bringing it back or the number of, you know, passing yards. You know, there, I forget the exact metrics, but when it comes to it, Offensive line starts, when you're losing that much, it's less of a big deal than other things. And so I'm feeling pretty optimistic about them, which is why my bold prediction is in particular focuses on Jordan Love. You know, maybe as Raj says, he's not going to win the Heisman, but I think he could throw for 4,000 yards this year. 4,000 yards? Yeah. What does that put him nationally real quick, typically? Um, well, let's put it this way. Last year, Cole McDonald led the conference with 3,875 yards. I would say Jordan Love could have like crushed four thousand last year had he played every minute of every game. <laughs> yeah, and the and the last quarterback to throw for four thousand yards was Garrett Grayson in twenty fourteen. Interesting. That's that's pretty bold there. Four thousand six yards he had. There you go. But he's not going to sniff Derek Carr five thousand yards, is he? <laughs> I would be very surprised. My bold prediction is no. Okay. <laughs> that he. Uh, I would say. They need new receivers. They have a uh, Gerald Bright running the ball. They got a JUCO transfer who should be pretty good running behind him or close to him and team one. My bold prediction is sure, they'll beat LSU. Why not? Hey, you know what, though? The F plus gives Utah State a 1% chance to go 12 and now. What's their, what, does it have that particular game in F plus? Uh, no, it just takes kind of the composite, it gives like a range of possibilities. I'm just going to go which, with it. By the way, you could read this for yourself if you buy the Football Outsiders Almanac, which if you want to be a smarter football fan in general, I highly recommend it. And it'll tell you how fumble luck is really fumble luck. <laughs> Everything <laughs> except falling on the ball is a skill. Exactly. Just or, remember that. Yeah, or where, the, or where the ball bounces too, right? Can those do go, go yeah, hand in hand? Yeah, yeah. I'll give that a bold prediction. Why not? Because if they can move the ball, they have an upperclassman quarterback, like, that that'll be fine. Gary Anderson's not scared of anything. You know what I mean? Head coach there, newish guy coming back. So I still I give that maybe like a sure. I'll just make that my bull prediction. All right, next up, where are we going here? Uh, last one's UNLV. Oh boy, you like uh, just go with your bull prediction. I like it right off the bat. I think Tyreek Collins is going to be pretty good. I think he can be the first UNLV receiver to crack a thousand yards since Devontae Davis in 2013. And so that's my prediction. Is that good enough to be first team all conference? It might be. More than Cedric Bird, JoJo Ward. Um, who else we got here on the team? Uh, John Hightower. The Hightower. Um, Trey Walker. Trey Walker. Who the Rams got again? Uh, could be Warren Jackson. <laughs> Warren Jackson. Could be Craig Myers. <laughs> That's a tough tough group. I was, My bold prediction, I'll go Armani Rogers plays all 12, bowl game, all 12 games. And that gets him to a bowl game. If he play, if he plays all twelve games, they will go bowling. That's bold. I have them at three and nine. Is my prediction right now? So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I do too. Um, I mean, I can see that path, and that's something we talked about in the Rebels podcast in particular. You know, I, I mean, we just talked about Sean Chambers being an X factor, but you know, Armani Rogers is definitely in that same conversation because we know what he can do. 
more than what Sean Chambers can do just be, you know, by virtue of small sample size. But, you know, the big question is health. And if he's healthy and if he can take at least a modest step forward as a passer, we know what he contributes in the running game with his legs. And it wouldn't take that much to jump from three wins to six wins. I will say this. I don't think this is like Barouli or stepping out of line too far. He's Armani Rogers. Speaking of him, is arguably the most important player to their to any team in the conference. I think you're right. Because look at last year, like you pull. I remember you made some chart or something. Like when he played, yards per play drastically went down when he was not in the game. Yeah, and so that's why. That's why I think my bold prediction is bold, but also makes sense if he's healthy the entire season. They're that much better of a team. And they have a decent running attack. They have some tough games. Like they go, they go to Vanderbilt. Um, I know they. I got they got Arkansas State is decent. Go to Northwestern, which I think is a beatable team. So there's a couple games out there. It's just that they got those tough road games. Fresno, Wyoming. You know I mean stuff like that. Like they could beat Nevada. They could probably beat Hawaii. Potentially that could be there. Oh, you know what I realized? I good thing I looked at this right now, Matt, because my um, I need to make a decision right now. Hawaii at UNLV loss. UNLV at Hawaii loss versus Hawaii. All right. Um, I'm going to give Hawaii the win on that one. Sorry. That puts okay. me right, no, at 2 and 10. I'm sorry. I had to do it. Oh, no. That's, no, that's still right. That's still 3 and 9. Okay. I must have just misspoke. So never mind. I must have just uh, typed it incorrectly. But that gives one to – that changed my Hawaii record to 9 and 4, just so you're wondering. So I guess it's a good thing I found that before I printed my spreadsheet or typed – not printing, but posted a spreadsheet. So, all right. So that's our. Who is your conference championship game? Fresno State twenty-eight, Boise State twenty-one. Oh wait, we're giving scores here too. But might as well we're already. Bold, we? This is a big mega preview. I guess we got to get empty the notebook, right? Um, exactly. Based off my projection projected records, I have Utah State taking on Fresno State, and okay. it would be in Logan. And with it being in Logan, I will say twenty to fourteen Utah State. There you go. And I will say um, the winner of the Mountain West Conference will go to a New Year's Six game as well this year. That might be the boldest thing either of us has ever said tonight. You think so? It might be more bold than you, you let us know, the listener at MWC Wire. More bold than me saying Nevada is going to go or New Mexico is going to go winless. More bold than Utah State beating LSU. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it to the listeners. More so. bold than saying UNLV is going to a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listeners, let us know. MWC Wire, tell how crazy I am or if Matt's crazy or whatever. Um, we just got to tweet about Nebraska. We're not going to get into that now, but um, we got we got good reasons for the talk about well, Nebraska at the moment. Well, you know, we, we can't always dunk on UCF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real power five team we'll talk about. Um. One thing we're going to mention really quick, I know we got to go. You have like three particular games you're very excited about this year. Ooh, okay. Um, well, I'll just I'll mention it again. Nevada at Fresno or yeah, Nevada at Fresno State is going to be really interesting to mm-hmm. me. Uh, I'm also going to put, you know, you mentioned Hawaii at Boise. I think it's also going to be a fascinating contrast of styles. Um, and. Let me give you one more. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look. It could be non conference games if you like as well. It could be non conference? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any game. Yeah. Uh, well, then I think you have to put Boise at Florida State in Jacksonville. We didn't even touch on that, but yeah. Uh, okay. I will give you. There's, there's a lot of good non conference games. It's really hard to choose this one. Here's what I would pick. You already picked Boise um, for FSU. That's fine. I got USC Fresno. 
I think that's going to be huge. Conference-wise, okay. like Boise-USU, just because I'm predicting that. I agree, Boise-Hawaii. Another game I want to see, I know people want to say, oh, you got Air Force-Boise because that's always interesting. I think Air Force-Fresno will be fun. I think you're right. And maybe even Air Force at Hawaii. I don't remember the last time Air Force has been in Hawaii. That, it would have been 2016, I believe. No, that's it. Sorry, I tried to make it think like a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. All right, I will also... Um, yeah, that, that's it for our show. We're, we're wrapping up here. We did not go three hours. We went just over an hour. So, hey, it's a normal podcast, essentially. There you go. So, coming up next, we have our, we'll have a week zero preview and some other miscellaneous fall camp stuff as when we talk Arizona, Hawaii. We will have some posts on the site about, choose, we, football's here, MWR.com. Check it out. Facebook, Twitter. Our top 52 cat down this year. Remember that because we had ties. We'll be wrapping up shortly this week. So, let us know what you think about that. And, if you like the voicemail idea or MP3 idea, send us some messages and we'll maybe play a couple here or there just for the heck of it. Let us know. If you send them unsolicited, we may still play them. Who knows? Maybe, right, Matt? Yeah, why not? And if you like the podcast, check us out. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, um, Radio.com, anywhere you get your fine podcast. Um, subscribe. Tell a friend or two. And Matt, football's friendly here. We are excited to go as games begin this next week. <laughs> You can't see it, but I'm pumping my fist right now. You heard me pound the table, so that's why I'm happy about the game. So, all right. There you go. That wraps up for this time. We'll be back next week. We'll be going twice a week, typically Sunday morning, Wednesday, midday. So get that RSS feed up and going. And until next time, folks, have some fun.